Yo! What's going on everybody? Happy Monday. How are y'all doing today? It's Chris coming right back at you. How are you doing? That ain't for you to tell me, but I'll tell you about me. I'm doing great. I'm excited. We got some NBA trade deadline deals to talk about, some buyouts to talk about. A lot of stuff went on right here. Man, I don't even know where to begin, but wh- wh- where do you think we should start? Uh, probably with the with the home team, right? The Heat? Yeah. All right, so Victor Oladipo to the Miami Heat. That was something that a lot of Heat fans have been talking about. The media's been talking about Victor Oladipo wants to be in Miami. He's been trying to make his way to Miami. And even when he went to Houston, everybody knew that guy ain't residing there. I'm, I'm sure even they knew it. But regardless of anything, he ended up coming. Me personally, we'll get into how I feel about that trade in a little bit after Matt runs it right through, but let me get you down on the trade. Victor Oladipo to the Heat for Kelly Olenek, Avery Bradley, and the right to swap the Rockets or Nets 2022 first round pick with the Heat's 2022 first round pick, which is top 14 protected. How do you feel about Victor Oladipo coming to the Heat? Us getting rid of Olenek and Bradley, does that make a difference? Do we get better, worse? What do you think? I mean, the first thing we have to we have to talk about is that Pat Riley is an absolute mastermind when it comes to these trades. He was able to get an all-star caliber player for a guy who probably maybe played 10 games for us in Avery Bradley and Kelly Olenek, who we were trying to get rid of anyways because him at the four or the five or whatever he was starting at was just... Who? Kelly Olenek. Yeah. Whatever, wherever he was starting at the four or the five was just not cutting it. Yeah. He's just he's just a defensive liability and he knocks down a three here or there, but I ain't a fan of him. Never yeah, been. Yeah, not really. Like, listen, man, I get it. You get connected to the community and stuff, KO, you're gonna give your, your little message, but right. like I'm glad you left. Thank you. Yeah. And I like I like the old depot trade if he could stay healthy. Cause that's always the question with him, right? Is if he can if he's able to stay healthy throughout an entire season, which he's been able to do what, like once or twice? A few times here and there. Yeah. And when he's able to stay healthy, he's an all star caliber player. You saw what he did in Indiana that one year. Right. So I I like this trade. I just think that he's kind of broke man's Bradley Beal, which is what we were trying to go after. Which at the end of the day isn't isn't a bad thing. Oladipo's Oladipo's a great player. I think he's gonna be a great fit for the team and he wants to be here, which is important. Yeah, like we don't want to. We don't want to have a guy traded here that doesn't want to be here. As long as he wants to be here, and as long as he wants, as long as he wants to contribute, I see. I see him being able to do big things for the Heat. So look, I see this trade as you know, I'll give the Heat an A for this trade on the fact that see, I sound like Levar Ball now, but on the fact that we got rid of Kelly Olynyk, who look, I get it, was a nice little stretch big, this and that here and there, but. I really didn't understand why the hell we got him. I feel like he was a bit of a panic signing back when we got him. I saw no need for him. He played his role. He did his thing here, and I respect him and appreciate him for putting in his time here. But I think anybody that like actually looks at things knows that he was not part of the plan moving forward. And Avery Bradley, I don't even know what to say about him. He never mm-hmm. played for us, really. He exactly. played like what a couple times, and the man was always out. I mean, I get it. Last season, he was out because of the Rona stuff and this and that. I respect that. But as far as what he did with the Miami Heat... I really questioned that signing. I don't know what he was going to do here. I don't know what the deal was. I don't think anyone really knows what was happening. I liked the Avery-Bradley signing originally just because of what he, what he was able to do in Boston and be able to be a great role player for them. And I thought that he would be like, I thought that he would be like to the same aspect here, but we never really saw him on the floor. So. And I, I wish I could have seen him, bro. But now that he get back a guy like Victor Oladipo, who look, if you know me, look, I'm not going to be a hypocrite. I'm going to say it straight up. Since Victor Oladipo got drafted in 2012, I've been beating the drum, or actually 2013, I think. Whatever. 2013. 2013. Bam, there it is, coming out of Indiana. Everyone was comparing with Dwayne Wade to this, to that, the other. I never really saw the hype in Victor Oladipo. I mean, I've always said he's overrated, and I'm not saying he's a bad player. I think he's a very solid player, like someone I would want on my team, but when it comes to Victor Oladipo being somebody who actually pushes the meter and makes a team that much greater... 
I've always thought that he's not going to be that guy, which is why I say he's overrated. But when I look at Victor Oladipo and what he could bring to the table if he's healthy, like he did that one season in Indiana, I think with the Heat, he's not going to have to put up as many shots. He's going to be able to play make more because I know he likes to play the point guard role. And that's something that I think we kind of need because I feel like we've been in a weird state of flux with Goran. Like, you know, Goran is still Goran. He's still good. Right. But he's definitely fallen off a little bit. And we have Kendrick Nunn who, again, he has flashes, but he's inconsistent. So I think this will be able to let... Oladipo step into the starting lineup, put Kendrick Nunn in the six-man role, mm-hmm. and then play Drogic somewhere in there, float him around and in there. You can even put him at the two for a yeah. little bit here and there, but I think it gives us flexibility. And even, like, let's just add this in there too, Bielitsa. I think that definitely was a uh, big upgrade yeah. for us from the shooting perspective when you think about getting a stretch. Right. I, I think the another thing that I take from this trade too is it takes a lot of pressure off of Tyler Hero. To be like that second guy, that second guy on the outside with Jimmy, you know, like he doesn't have to, he doesn't have to be that guy that has to, yeah, that has to be constantly handling the ball and taking tough shots. Like Oladipo, Oladipo's that guy that he's able to create his own. So now Tyler doesn't have to have that burden on him to be able to try to be that guy to create his own shot and take tough shots and take tough threes. I think that Oladipo can kind of take some pressure off of that. And they'll be able to, I think the the ball will be able to flow around more effectively now with them both in the game. I like the way the Heat are looking right now when it comes to how they retool their squad. But now let's talk about the team that they're trying to chase over in the East. They just got Blake Griffin on the buyout market. It's a little bit of old news, but we're going to just talk about buyouts. Him going to the Nets. And LaMarcus Aldridge pulling a little Yui out here, bro. We thought he was coming down to Miami. Sports no. Center. <laughs> Let me throw some shit at Sports Center. Sports Center was out here already putting out these little graphics here and there of LaMarcus Aldridge in a Heat jersey. Looks like a typical Heat fan right there, but hey, I'm going to let that slide. He made a Yui, went to Brooklyn. How do you feel about Brooklyn moving forward? Do you think they're still top dog? Does this just put them even above? I think I think that this doesn't really do much. LaMarcus Aldridge is on the tail end of his career. He's pretty much at this point a spot-up shooter. He's not, he's not that postman that we're used to seeing. He's not the rebounder that we're used to seeing. He's... Kind of like a, he's kind of a washed version of himself, and what the Nets were really lacking was on the defensive end. And Lamarcus Aldridge doesn't really provide you any substance on that side of the floor. He provides you offensive efficiency and being able to be efficient down low and being able to hit, to hit like um to hit a, a midi like a spot like a spot up shooter here and there. But he's not a defensive guy, which is what they needed at that center position. They needed a rim protector. You see, the the weird thing is because I've I've been looking at a lot of like Nets media and just the way people talk about the Nets. I feel like the Nets, just based off what I'm reading, they look at that guy Nicholas Claxton, second-year player. They look at him as a guy that will be their, their rim protector in a sense, kind of like their anchor down low, like what DeAndre Jordan was before. I don't know about that. I think he's a solid player, but I get what you're saying. Continue. Yeah, it's just when they when they got rid of, um, what's this guy's name? Oh, Jared Allen. Jared Allen, yeah. When they got rid of Jared Allen, you take the threat of an inside presence is basically taken away. Because DeAndre Jordan, at this point in his career, yeah, he's a presence in there, but he's not the same. Rim he's not protect- as athletic. He's right. not that guy. He's not that guy anymore. And Jared Allen was going to be that guy. And when you give him away, you have to replace him with something. And DeAndre Jordan is not that guy. LaMarcus Aldridge is not that guy that's going to block you shots. And Blake Griffin is not. has never been known as a defender. Oh, I think Kevin Durant should get more credit on the defensive end. I said Blake Griffin. Oh, okay, sorry. Yeah, yeah, no, I said Blake Griffin. Kevin Durant. I, I was Kevin thinking Durant's, about KD right now. My Kevin Durant's head went a great. Elsewhere. Kevin Durant's a great and underrated defender. Okay, but yeah, Blake Griffin. I get where you're coming from. Yeah. My head was elsewhere, bro. So they have a lot of holes defensively that they need that they need to fill. Like if they play, if they play a team that that's able to move the ball and be able to be like 
be able to be quick up and down the floor like let's say like the Bucks or the Celtics I think they're gonna have a tough time with with teams like that I think that they're not gonna have problems like in the half court like with teams like the Heat who who pretty much operate like more efficiently out of the half court than they do in the fast and like in a fast break sense but teams like the Bucks and teams like the Lakers and teams like the Celtics I like to run I think they're gonna have a little bit of an issue with them I mean, yeah, especially when you look at right now, we'll just do a little, you know, skip ahead and we'll get back to it. But Andre Drummond getting signed by the Lakers now, you look at the the way that this team matches up with kind of like the bigger teams in the sense that also like to move fast. I don't think Brooklyn really is concerned with having a squad that really is one that's like interiorly imposing. Is that even a word? I don't know, but imposing on the interior side of the of the court, and I just personally feel like this is actually something more meant to sp- to spread the floor out. For each of those three guys, we're talking Kyrie, Harden, and KD. Yeah. I think to have these two guys out there that, look, Blake is not as athletic as he once was. But Blake, definitely, he's shown he could still get a little something here, a little something there, cut to the basket, get a little dunk. He's he's going to finally get his footing in that offense. LaMarcus Aldridge, he's going to be more of that guy that I see kind of like in the Brooke Lopez role. Where he's just going to be spotting up. Like, yeah. Maybe he gets a corner three. I don't know what the hell the deal is. I don't know what they're going to plan with him. But I feel like it's going to be more of like a five-out type of offense, leaving the paint open for Kyrie, KD, or Harden to go in and cut. And these guys come in to help. Now, when we're talking about defense, I totally get what you're saying. LaMarcus Aldridge has never been known as that guy defensively. He was a little bit, you know, better back in the day. He was able to use his size. But again, the fact that he's so slow, he's like Marcus Sol right now that it looks like he's right. going through molasses. Mm-hmm. So... I don't think that they're really concerned with the Marcus Aldridge being that guy. I think that they're going to lean in on DeAndre Jordan and Nicholas Claxton moving forward on the defensive end. But I think you could see LaMarcus Aldridge even get put on the court in the four position. Now, again, it depends who they're playing, what's going on. But I think the Nets right now are in a situation where they're really leaning on their three guys to carry the weight offensively and just have the rest of the guys fill in their role. But now let's talk about Andre Drummond to the Lakers. So we obviously know that Anthony Davis right now is down, but he's supposedly on the way back. Mm-hmm. LeBron is going to be on the way back probably in about two weeks. They so said, They said four to six weeks, so he'll be out. Four to six weeks? Mm-hmm. Damn, I thought it was like four weeks, just that's it. So anyways, you never know what's going to happen right there. But then you got Andre Drummond, who right now still is, in my opinion, in his prime. The guy could put up a 20-29 any day of the week. Right. And I think this is great because it allows Trez Harrell to go back into his six-man spot, and you have literally an all-star caliber center in the middle. So the Lakers, they're going to be imposing as hell. So, On the inside, yeah. Yeah, it's going to be scary. Now, the perimeter game, the problem... I don't know. Yeah, the problem with Andre Drummond, of course, is that he's... If he's not grabbing offensive rebounds, he's kind of a liability on the offensive end because he doesn't really have a post game. You can get him You can get him in the pick... You can get him involved in the pick-and-roll game with anybody with LeBron in the pick-and-roll game is deadly. And especially a guy like Andre Drummond that can throw it down, but... He's gonna be mainly for like a defensive a defensive purpose, like especially like um, late games in the playoffs. I think that when you come when it comes down to like when they need defensive stops and then and they need just a set to run, that he can be that big man in the middle to kind of turn away shots and be able to be make a difference down low. But yeah. on the offensive side, he's just to me kind of a liability. But I think this kind of the Andre Drummond thing, the Andre Drummond being signed to the Lakers kind of shows that they're not getting what they want out of Marcus Gasol. Yeah. Because, you know, like, Marcus Gasol was coming in and was, like, this veteran guy off the bench that can defend, but we see that he's just kind of not that guy. 
at I, all. I, I don't even know why that why that signing was hyped up. Like everybody already knew. I mean, I, I guess people don't watch the Raptors. Yeah, originally wasn't I, that good last year. Originally, I thought it was a good signing. Like I, because he helped he helped the Raptors win a ring, no doubt. Yeah, like he was he was great for them as a facilitator. Maybe not so much on the defensive end, but as a facilitator, there's not a lot of centers in the league that are as good as Marcus Gasol. So. I think that this Andre Drummond signing is kind of to replace that center, that bench center role that Marcus that Marcus was running, so that they can kind of give AD a little bit less minutes during the season and even in the playoffs when they need to when they need to fill people in. That I think that what that's what Andre Drummond is going to be used for, and he's going to be a big deal right now when they make their push to go to the playoffs and hopefully make the finals. You never know, even know where they're going to end right now. I mean. Yep. That team looks like some booty cheeks right now. But anyways, let's move on to the next topic right here. Surprise trade of the day. Nikola Vucevic going to the Chicago Bulls. That caught me off guard. Vucevic... Is, hold on, wait. Go, go, Let me go. get a little rundown. Go, go, Vucevic and Alfred Aminu go to the Bulls in exchange for Wendell Carter Jr., Otto Porter, and a Bulls 2021 first-round pick top four protected and the Bulls 2023 first-round pick top four protected. Do you think the Magic won this trade? Did the Bulls win this trade? What do you think? This is just so disappointing to me because I wanted I wanted Nikola Vucevic to go to a good team. Like, imagine what kind of difference he could have made on a team like the Celtics. Or even the Lakers or the Nets. Right. But like, obviously, okay, the Nets weren't going to be in there. Right. But, but like, like, the Celtics. The Celtics the Celtics could have used Nikola Vucevic in such an amazing way because they need the big. They needed a big so bad. And then they go into this trade market and the bio market, and there's so many bigs out there to get, and they didn't get any of them. I feel like Danny Ainge is kind of like, he's overrated as a GM, in my opinion. Just He just accumulated a bunch of draft picks and hit on a couple of them. Deadass, and he also had that one trade with the big three. But besides that, all he ever does is sit on his picks, sit on this, sit on that. Yeah, we're gonna be looking. We're gonna be talking to this guy here, this guy there. Why do you not get a guy like this, dude? You have nine million picks, and you have your young core. What do you need the stupid picks for? It get rid of the sense. picks, and your picks, like your picks, are never gonna be good ones because they're always gonna be from the twenty to thirty range. So get rid of the stupid picks. Get it doesn't rid of the mean picks. anything if you're trying to win right now. Right. Get rid of the picks. Go get a guy like Nikola Vucevic, which is going to help you on the inside because Nikola Vucevic is probably the best post player in the game outside of Joel Embiid. Outside of Joel Embiid and Anthony Davis, Nikola Vucevic is the best post big in the league. But he is also the be- literally the best shooting big in the league right now. The best right shooting now. big in the league. He's a top five center in this league. No doubt. And he's no underrated and he's just, just because of where he played. Yeah, and he's just stuck on bad teams. If the Celtics would have gone out and got a Nikola Vucevic, I could have seen them giving the Nets a run for their money. Yes. Yeah. But what do you think about how this looks for the Bulls moving forward? I know a few weeks ago we were talking about them possibly just blowing it up, saying why not just screw it. But now they keep and now they marketing keep the- Levine, Kobe White, and that's pretty much kind of like their young nucleus. They also got that guy. Uh, God, I forgot his name. Whatever draft pick for this year. He looked like a solid guy. I cannot believe I forgot his name right now. I'm not going to be at least be like TNT butchering the name. Right. But, <laughs> but inside the NBA is funny. But they're still not going to make the playoffs. They're not. No, they're not. I think this is something that's more for the future. I think they wanted somebody that would be a nice interior presence, which they needed. Wendell Carter Jr. is not that. And I think right now they're kind of going all in, not so much on marketing, but they're kind of going all in on Levine, Levine. trying to make a bit of a push because he's a free agent in a few years. Maybe this does something. Obviously, I don't think any of us anticipate them being a championship contender anytime soon. But let's say maybe next year they develop a little bit, fourth or fifth seed, that would be a little bit better. As far as the Magic... Look, man, they're just blowing it up, and it's already shown right there by what they traded. They did a trade right now with the Nuggets. Did you traded. see the the, the Magic? Um, what's the young guy that they have out of FSU? Which guy? Oh, uh, Jonathan Isaac? Yeah, they considered him untouchable. Yeah, and he's injured right now. And I was like, 
is he's not really that good like to be considered untouchable like that. I think he's just a guy that has potential in their eyes. But then again, like no disrespect to Jonathan Isaac, I don't think he's an untouchable talent. But then again, that's why I'm not the GM of the Magic, and that's why that they're terrible right now. Yep. So that's also why Aaron Gordon went and demanded a trade, and he mm-hmm. got his wish. Went to the Denver Nuggets along with Gary Clark. And the Magic acquired Gary Harris, RJ Hampton. That's a surprise one for me because he's a nice young guy. But they're already so cluttered at the guard position. I don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. And they also got a 2025 first round pick. Yeah, this I was is about a, to get tongue twisted. This is a fire trade. A fire trade for the Nuggets. And they kept Michael Porter Jr. And they kept Michael Porter Jr. Bro. They were able to keep they were able to keep Michael Porter Jr. You get Aaron Gordon along with all the other guys that you have. This is such a great trade for them. And they're like they're an imposing team. Like when you're talking about length. And size, like they're imposing. Like Jokic, Jokic isn't a good defender, and Aaron Gordon's never been known as a defensive guy, but they're just long. Like Vucevic is not Vucevic, Nikola Jokic is long, Aaron Gordon's long, MPJ is long, even Jamal Murray for a guard is a long guy. The only th- and then Gary Harris, Gary Harris, I've always thought is a nice player, but he's been having a tough season and he got traded too. So it's like I feel like that's a bit of a takeaway for him, yeah, but. But hey, it man, gives you gotta make sacrifices. Gives, but it gives away for Michael Porter Jr. to get more minutes in the lineup now. Yeah, and that yo, you could literally just flip flop Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon out of the three and four spot. But MPJ can play the two. He can play the two. Like six ten. Also, he's, he's quick enough to play the two. Like and they he still really have Millsap. Is. And they still have Paul Millsap. Like imagine, I, imagine running a, a lineup that's just ginormous. Like you have, I mean, Jamal Murray's not huge, but Jamal Murray's a bigish, like wide. He's a wide guard. Yeah, he's not tall, but he's a wide guard. Like he's a big body. Yeah. So you get Jamal Murray at the one. You go, um, PJ at the two, Aaron Gordon at the three, Paul Millsap at the four, Nikola Jokic at the five. That lineup is huge. They're gonna be ridiculous. And huge. you know what, man? I'm gonna make a little bit of a. This is gonna be one of my harder takes. I'm gonna be held to this. My feet, my feet are going to be held over the fire. I think the Nuggets are the strongest contender right now in the West. And okay, I, but now you got to stop. But <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not capping. You got to stop. Like, no cap. I think they're actually a scary-ass team. I think they're the third best team in the West. Who's second? The Clippers. Okay, I can see the Dippers. And then the, the Lakers. I don't think the Lakers are the first best team. The Lakers have LeBron James, and they have Anthony Davis. I think the Lakers are the third best team. In the you West think the right Lakers now. are the third best team in the West? You're tripping sack. No, I'm not. I'm absolutely not. You're talking about the defending NBA champions. I don't give a damn. That's you're, last year. You're not literally this tripping year. sack. No, like, I'm not. I'll say Nuggets, Clippers, Lakers, and then I'll put the Jazz at four. But I'm not putting the Lakers at number one. I'm not trying to be a hater, bro. I just don't care much about what the Lake, what anyone says about the Lakers this year. They're not repeating. And I hope I listen. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I'll leave my words. I'll come on here right now, the day after, and just say I'm wrong. But I don't think it's going to happen. We could replay that. But I think personally, you, you make great points when it comes to what the Nuggets can do with their lineup. And I think it's exactly that that will give a lot of teams in the Western Conference a big you problem. Know who, who needs to get more minutes on the Nuggets is Bull Bull. Yo, Bull Bull. If that guy actually got something together. Oh if he God. actually gained like 20 pounds, please. Yo, buddy gained 20 pounds, but he got a post game. Oh my God. That'd yeah. be absolutely insane. Yep. And now we're going to talk about the last trade for the day. Rajon Rondo going to the Clippers in exchange for Lemon Pepper Lou going all the way out there to the Atlanta Hawks. How do you feel about this? We don't. I mean, we don't even really need to talk about what this means for the Hawks because it means nothing. It means nothing. But when it comes to the Clippers, what do you think it means for them? I mean, this is huge because this is what they've been needing, right? They need a guy to be able to distribute the ball to these to these playmakers because have do we think that Kawhi's been kind of a disappointment for the Clippers? In what sense? Considering what he did for the Raptors. And now he comes to the Clippers and they're just not that great. Uh, No. 
I don't think that's his fault. You don't think that that's his fault? No. Like I said, like I've said before, Doc Rivers is an overrated coach. Ty Lue's a placeholder. Uh-huh. Ty Lue's a placeholder for a coach. So I I I just think that it's a lot of the Raptors, a lot of the Raptors' success was from Nick Nurse. I mean, Kawhi's a great player, don't get me wrong. Kawhi's one of Kawhi's one of the best players in the league. But I think that his success was a lot of Nick Nurse and a lot of him combined. But now when you don't have that great mind as a head coach to be able to help you, you kind of revert back to what you revert back revert back to how you think you should play basketball, which is ISO and not moving the basketball and kind of just taking shots even though you shouldn't be taking them. So but Rondo for this team is gonna help them with that, I think. <laughs> Yo, okay. First off, I think the Raptors were a way better built team for Kawhi than the Clippers were. The Clippers to or the me, Clippers are. No, like we're going into when Kawhi went to them is what I mean. Okay. So I think the Clippers, the way that their team was constructed was just one that was supposed to be a gritty team. The way that they were marketed to Kawhi and just pretty much the general media really is that this was the type of squad that Kawhi would need to be able to move forward in the playoffs. But no, to begin with, they didn't have a good point guard. When like I'm gonna be quite honest, with you they didn't have anyone. I don't count Patrick Beverly as a point guard that's even on Kyle Lowry's caliber right now. I think Lou Williams was nice, but I think Fred Van Vliet has passed them when it comes to playing that type of role. I'm not gonna disagree with you. Pandemic P, I don't need to say anymore. You saw what he did last playoffs. What the bed? That's par for the course. Then what the hell else do you have? You had Trez Harrell. Okay, I'll give you that better than Marcus Sewell. But in general, you also had OG Ananobi, you had Norman Powell, who got, right now, just signed, not signed, got traded to the to the Blazers. I can't even talk to you right now. But moving on, I just think from top to bottom, the Clippers are a good team. I don't know if I would put them better than the Raptors from 19, but when it comes to Kawhi Leonard, I don't put this really much on him. Like, I get it. People want to point to the load management, the this, that, the missing games. Then you want to point out the head coach, Dark Rivers, and this, but I just don't think the team has been built to really make much of a dent. I think that they were more of just like that gritty team. And then they had a guy like Lou Will, who's kind of like from the old regime. So in general, I think getting Rondo will be great because it'll finally give him that type of point guard that at least has a really great IQ when it comes to like yeah. just seeing the floor, knowing what to do, where to get the ball. Yeah. Instead I mean, of just having saw, Patrick we, Beverly in there. We saw what Rondo was able to do for the, Klaber, the, the Lakers last year in the playoffs. Like he was able to be a really big part of that finals run that they made. I think that'll definitely be huge for them, bro. Just moving forward, like, you want a guy with that type of presence, that guy with that kind of knowledge, that experience, that mentality. And it'll just kind of rub its way into the way the squad works and all that type of stuff. But, hey, we'll get to see what happens with this freaking Clippers team moving forward. I'm excited. One more thing about Rondo is Rondo isn't always taken in with open arms everywhere he goes. Rondo likes to butt heads with people. Yeah, so we'll but see. nah, bro. We'll see what happens. Nah, we'll I, th- see what... I think it'll be a one like steak sauce. Like Rondo, I, th- I think that the reason the guy is just intense. He just wants to win. Yeah, I think that the reason he was able to mesh so well with, with the Lakers is because him and LeBron are like, when it comes to the game of basketball, that they think very alike. Like they distribute first, yeah. score later. That's I mean, cerebral. LeBron, LeBron obviously, LeBron obviously is. 10 times better scorer than Rondo will ever think he could be. Yeah, but as a playmaker, he's up there. Right. As a, play, as a playmaker, they're very similar in the way that they think of the game of basketball is very similar. There's not a lot of guys on the Clippers that have the same mindset as Rondo does. And not a lot of guys that have the experience, that have a lot of the experience and success that Rondo has had. So we'll see what we'll see what happens. It'll we'll be see. nice. Real quick, I'm going to hit you with a question. One winner, one loser. Who's the biggest one for each? Trade deadline. Uh, Biggest winner... 
Biggest winner, I have to say the Nuggets. At, biggest winner, I have to say the Heat. I have to say the Heat because you get Oladipo for almost nothing. And biggest loser, the Celtics, because you don't make any moves. You just get Evan Fournier. I say the Nuggets, and I'm glad you switched your pick. The Nuggets are the biggest winner, in my opinion, just because it just further bolsters what they're doing out there out west gives them that lineup we're talking about and it's a very sneaky good pick i think a lot of people don't realize how good aaron gordon is and i think people are going to start to see now that he's going to be on national tv and be in some really intense games biggest loser it's the houston rockets and it's a season-long l bro they're yeah. literally losing left and right 20 game losing streak they lost james harden lost russell westbrook now lost oladipo all for nothing that james harden trade Fleeced. Sorry, bro. Y'all suck. Whatever the hell that GM is doing over there, get him a job. Anyways, now, real quick, you're listening to this on Monday morning. Just came in. Victor Oladipo and Kendrick Nunn are out against the Knicks tonight on Monday. We'll catch you on the next one. Like, rate, comment, subscribe. Follow us on IG at Heavily Contested Pod. Have a good one. See you Wednesday.